Hi, I'm Reagan, and you're listening to my podcast, She's Probably Busy, where I share raw and real experiences navigating a healthy personal, social, and professional life. Let's get busy. Today on She's Probably Busy, I have Emily Johnson, who is one of my many cousins I adore and love. She's here to talk all things anxiety and starting her own mental health app that she'll talk more about today. All right. Hello, Emily. I have um, Emily Johnson here on She's Probably Busy today. This is my first guest that's family, actually, which is super (laughs) exciting. So hello. Hello, Regan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited, too. I just wanted to start off by um, introducing you and having you talk a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up um, and like your journey through college. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I grew up in San Diego. So Mm -hmm. just a a stone's throw from LA. And um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like growing up, I definitely didn't appreciate like the proximity to the beach and the weather and the good burritos. And so whenever I'm home, I just like, I I get too much of all of those things. Soak it all up. (laughs) Soak it all in. Yeah. Um, And grew up with a a really close family, um, as you Mm -hmm. know, because you are a part of it. (laughs) Um, Have two brothers and, you know, like I always think about this. I love brothers sometimes because like they never steal your clothes and you know they never like yes do annoying things like that but they always like point out things like when you have a pimple or something they just like let you know <laughs> you're like thank, thank you I knew I had a pimple on my chin but thank you so much for telling me yes <laughs> the things you don't want to hear yeah you don't really want to hear um but anyway but they're great overall I would say and um <laughs> Uh, let's see, I, I went to college uh, in, in Trinity in, in Dublin, so pretty far away. Um, mm-hmm. But at the time, I um, had a really great mentor and teacher at my high school, and he just really encouraged me to to kind of broaden my scope and, and study um, abroad, which was an amazing experience. And yeah. then after college, I, I made my way to New York City because, you know, who didn't want to be Carrie Bradshaw? <laughs> Uh, but yeah I definitely like did not have an apartment as big as hers and definitely could not pay my rent with one paycheck but yep you know um, it was a great time and I started my career um, on the agency side so I was at mm-hmm. Ogilvy PR mostly because I had no idea what I wanted to do and it was just kind of an internship I fell into that turned into my first job but um, I think there's kind of this misconception that like so many people know exactly what they want to do especially right after college. And at least with like my group of friends, no one really knew what they were doing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you just kind of like hope that someone employed you and that you sort of liked it. But I just remember that first year out of college being pretty tough. It was like your expectations for what was going to happen were so different than reality. (laughs) Oh yeah. I agree. Um, And then from there, I I actually followed one of my managers to Coca-Cola Um, And that's how I transitioned to marketing. And I loved it. I mean, it was a fantastic company to work for. Um, The experiences I had got to be a part of were incredible. And Mm -hmm. I would have probably never left, but they closed their office in New York. And that was kind of a turning point for me. And that's when I decided to come back home to the West Coast. And as you know, um, landed in San Francisco and, and started working at Fitbit at that time. Yeah, which was great. Such a 
such a broad career path. I'm, I'm jealous of all of the people and things that you've worked for because it's been so fun following your journey too. And seeing how like, you know, sometimes something will close and you'll have to just make another decision to move somewhere else. And it's crazy how just everything seems to line up how it's supposed to be. Um, and it's just refreshing to see. Um, so you're at Fitbit and you're in San Francisco. What's next for you? So, um, well, what's next probably has a lot to do with my experience at Fitbit. Um, Mm -hmm. and that was, you know, again, I, I loved the people at Fitbit. It was a brand that I loved working on and I had the opportunity to, um, launch and lead the marketing strategy for a few products while I was there which was amazing. It's so cool to see like your blood, sweat and tears come to life as a little bit. But um, it also quite honestly was a backdrop of my first panic attack. And um, the first time that I actually experienced anxiety as a disorder. And, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, from that, there was a whole year and a half journey of me really struggling with that and, and not telling people not being open about it, trying to kind of quote unquote, control it on my own. Um, and it's really the, the basis and inspiration for what I'm doing now, um, which is starting my own company and uh, developing an app that will um, help mental health professionals reach more people, which is pretty broad, but I can explain more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like to back up, was yeah. the first time that you experienced anxiety, was that working at your last job at Fitbit? Yeah, I like I remember the moment. <laughs> really? Yeah, which I'm sure about I, it. Yeah, oh gosh, it was it's like it was so weird, but it was actually mm-hmm. on a Saturday and I was at brunch with friends. Um someone was actually hosting brunch at their house. Mm-hmm. And like waking up, I remember feeling off, which I now could recognize as like a very high anxiety feeling. But I, right. at the time I didn't really know what that felt like and I think you know, maybe other people listening who also experience anxiety as a disorder know what I mean. Like, it's a very mm-hmm. physical feeling. It's like in your chest or um, it could be like a tingling or mm-hmm. you feel really tired or on edge. And so anyway, at the time, I didn't know. I just kind of thought I was like, eh, like maybe getting sick or something. Right. <laughs> and um, I go to my friend's house and we're just sitting at the table. Like nothing is like happening that would be stress inducing. Right. And um. I had the panic attack, but how it felt was as if I was going to pass out and like kind of my vision was almost getting a little blurry and mm-hmm. it was just this really strong emotion that I felt like I have to leave right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know why, but I have to leave. I need, and I, I need like an exit. <laughs> yeah, yes. And it's so embarrassing because you're like, I, how do I explain this to these people? How, how do I like get out of the situation? It feels so rude. Like we haven't even had brunch right. yet and and um, it was so awkward and that made it feel even worse. And, and so I just kind of said something like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just, I, I don't feel well. I, I think I need to go home. Mm-hmm. But everyone was definitely really confused. Mm-hmm. And as I walked home, it, it, the feeling kind of subsided, but not completely. And it was at the time, again, like, I just didn't know what was happening. Um, and kind of just brushed it off. Like, okay, that was weird, whatever. Um, yeah. But it, then it happened again the next week and the next week. And, and at that point is when I reached out to, um, just like my primary care doctor Mm -hmm. and, and she immediately was like, Oh, like this is classic, classic anxiety. symptoms. Yeah. (laughs) You had a panic attack. And I was like, no, no, no. 
there you're is wrong. definitely something. Yeah, you're <laughs> wrong. I know it. There's something wrong with my heart. I just know it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, um, I'm that way too. <laughs> yeah, and she actually she was like, "Look, I'm going to um, get an ECG for you, like order one, but only to prove to you that nothing's wrong with your heart, and mm-hmm. it's just that you have your, you know, mm-hmm. very anxious and you're having panic attacks." So. I did all of that, but that, that was the first time, the first time. Yeah. That's such a good point to um, how you said that as soon as you left, it subsided because I feel like that happens so often and it happens often with me where I'll be in a situation like a mall or a public place and I feel so anxious. And as soon as I leave and I get in my own car or I'm by myself, finally, I'm like, wait, what? why is it gone now? You know, like, why do I feel okay? Yeah. <laughs> why couldn't I have done that? So, um, su- such an interesting point. It's so interesting. And, and, you know, now fast forward about two, two and a half years later, I know so much more about anxiety and what causes it in our brain. And it's, it's super interesting, but I think it's helpful to know because when you learn about it, you, you realize like, well, one, a panic attack can't hurt you, right? Like you literally can't have a heart attack when you're having a panic attack and you Mm -hmm. can't you can't pass out because your heart rate is going so fast and there's so much blood going to your brain so like knowing those things now if I ever feel that way I can kind of tell that to myself like hey like I know kind of yeah like I might pass out but I also know rationally that that's impossible and like I can just sit here and get through this because I, I have every other every single time that I've had a panic attack right you know like that's what you can always guarantee is that it will go away it definitely sucks and it feels awful, mm-hmm. but it will subside. Yes. Such a good point. Was anxiety and mental illness talked about when you were growing up, like in high school? Because I know for myself, it really wasn't a thing and mm-hmm. you're older than me. So I, I'm curious to know if that was something that was introduced to you. No, not at all. You know, I think um, I think mental health really only came into the conversation probably when I was just leaving high school or college and mm-hmm. going to New York. And so that was like, you know, 2012 ish yeah. and, um, not at all in it in high school, looking back. Cause I've also had, um, I've also struggled with depression in certain periods of my life mm-hmm. and that definitely began in high school, um, and at the time, it took a, a lot to tell my mom and really like just open up about it and kind of break down. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up seeing a therapist then. Um, but I think it it just, it was a really overwhelming experience altogether. Yeah. I think just kind of like, because I didn't know anyone else who had done this mm-hmm. or, you know, have had been told that, yeah, you, you probably have depression. And it felt like such a big word and it felt like there was something wrong with me. Yeah, And um, I really did not like that experience at all. And I didn't see that therapist um, very much. I think I only went for a few sessions because I didn't feel like I was getting better. And I think, um, and again, like it just me going there kind of reiterated to me, like you're flawed, which in Mm -hmm. high school, you're, you're, you already have like so many thoughts about yourself and your self-esteem. Yeah. Um, Like one more. (laughs) Like it is, it's like one more. And so, yeah, it definitely wasn't talked about. And it's something I didn't tell my friends then, which is so funny because, you know, my co-founder now is my best friend from Mm -hmm. high school, middle school. Um, And we talk about this stuff all the time. Like this is like our bread and butter, but uh, yeah, no, definitely not. And I think that that definitely, you know, makes it harder. just makes you feel like 
again, like something that's just yeah. wrong with you. Going off that point, um, how was your experience with different therapists and um, mental health helpers and workers? How was that? And um, did you did you find a resource in it or did it help you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think, so I, I also saw a therapist in New York, and this was also for depression, mm-hmm. and I really liked her, and I think what was different was, like, she was speaking my language, like, mm-hmm. she was also a millennial, and, you know, from the get-go, she, like, really reiterated, like, this is really normal, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you are definitely not the only person in New York City who, like, and, <laughs> you know, and even, like, the way that she did her sessions were super convenient, um, you know, she, she was very available to talk to and it, it just felt like so much more comfortable, even like her space and her setup. Um, it was yeah. very easy to open up to her. And the only thing is that that therapy was so expensive, um, which is very typical mm-hmm. for, for major cities. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I want to say like $200 a session and you're meant to go every week and yeah. insurance, even though I had insurance, um, typically doesn't reimburse that much for mental right. health services. So it just was very expensive. Um, Causes another stress. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I mean, I love this, but like, if you're not seeing those immediate results, you kind of question like, can, should I still be going to this? I, mean, I really right. like her, but like, I already can barely afford my rent. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, but I, I think it, she definitely, I liked her a lot better too, because um, again, she just really, she knew how to relate. Um, and I felt very comfortable with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that really got you to the point where you're at now creating your app. Um, so tell us why you decided to create it and why, why you think this is going to be, you know, the new way of helping, especially millennials through these times. Yeah. So definitely. I think once I like started opening up about how debilitating my anxiety had become to my friends and family, I would say mm-hmm. 80% of them said to me, Oh, I, f- I feel the same way. Like it was, it's just crazy how many people experience, um, you know, kind of poor mental yeah. health and, and it's not talked about. And, and then during that time too, um, when I started experiencing panic attacks and anxiety, um, I knew I was like, Oh yeah, I, I'm comfortable going to therapy, but I just could not make the time work within my job at that mm-hmm. time. And, and finding a therapist in San Francisco is so hard because the demand is mm-hmm. so high. Like no one's available. Yeah. Um, and so I put it out for a year, but I, you know, just because my co-founder is also my best friend, I like would naturally turn to her and like ask her for help. And conveniently she's getting her PhD in clinical psychology. So Ooh. she really turned me on to CBT um, which is kind of the gold standard for anxiety treatment. And then a derivative uh-huh. of that is acceptance and commitment therapy, um, which uh-huh. also really, really helped me. And that really helped me learn how to quote unquote, accept my anxiety and, and not pay it as much attention as I was, you know, at that time. Yeah. Um, and so from, from there, I, I did eventually see someone who called herself a relaxation coach. She was a wonderful woman. But altogether, this whole process of having my panic attack, my first panic attack to learning how to live with anxiety took about a year and a half. And it was so time consuming. It was so expensive. And both me and my co-founder just thought like there has to be a better way because like right now in the spectrum of care, 
you have therapy at one end, which is amazing. Love it. But only so many people can access it. And then at the other end, you have these really great stress relief apps that are super accessible, like Calm or Headspace, but -hmm. they are not a treatment for anxiety or depression. And so Mm -hmm. we were like, there's nothing in the middle. We got to make something in the middle. Um, And because I, you know, have tech and marketing experience from Fitbit and she has the, the science expertise, we just thought together we could make something better and and that's where buddy came in um and so buddy hopefully will be an app one day that's going to help extend and complement the reach of mental health professionals so that they can help even more people and and meaningfully address the mental health crisis today that's amazing I think that's so needed and you're right it's it's really hitting that sweet spot Um, that I feel like our world needs and so much of uh, the generations that are growing up unfortunately have to deal with these mental Mm -hmm. illnesses and stresses in their environments and I think that it's going to help so much Um, so what can we expect from this and how can how can people get involved right now yeah and so the idea in the future is um, you know by if a mental health professional is using our app they'll be able to create these digital courses that they can provide to their current clients um, or to new clients who can't afford their full fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're all going to be based in, you know, what therapists actually do when they see a client, which is typically you, you see a therapist once a week, um, maybe for about an hour. And when you're in session, you, you try to talk about like one theme or like mm-hmm. one larger goal sometimes you might talk about what happened that day or like something like you had a really bad day and you kind of want to get off your chest, but typically therapists mm-hmm. have a structured approach um, for their clients. And then between sessions, they very often provide homework and this homework helps you develop the skills to learn how to manage anxiety and depression. Um, and a lot of them are based in CBT or ACT or DBT and doing that work is so crucial to improving your mental health. Um, and I always think of mental health like your physical health. You know, you you can get a personal trainer, but unless you're doing the work, <laughs> you're not going to see a difference. Um, yep. So it's the same thing here. You can get a therapist, but if you're not putting that work in, um, reaching your, your mental health goals, is going to be a lot harder. And so we're, we're kind of packaging this all up in an app that these mental health professionals can customize to the therapy that they use um, and they can individualized to different clients, um, but also mm-hmm. in a way that's um, really scalable and, and can reach a lot more people at a much more affordable rate. Yeah. So right now, um, we have a, a beta website that's live. And so if people are interested in trying out this program, or if there's any therapists listening who, who want to test out um, a, a beta product with us, you can check us out at buddymindcoach.com. Awesome. And I'll link that too, so that anyone who wants to check it out or try it can. Great. Um, and it's, I just love that it is such a big resource because I know that when I was going through anxiety and stuff in high school, um, so often I'd be sent out of doors and offices and appointments with really nothing to feel like I could work on. Mm-hmm. Um And I, you know, remember just going home and it was like, okay, well, that's another session done. Like, you know, maybe next one will, you know, you kind of looked 
forward to these milestones. And yeah, um, sometimes I just felt like it wasn't fully reachable. So I feel like this app is going to be such a middle ground for, um, you know, breaking, breaking the, the middle ground of this all and helping move along that process and getting to your long term goals. Totally. And I think it's interesting, because both you and I kind of grew up with so many um, digital tools and technology. Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of programmed for instant gratification. Like, you know, everything in our life has a notification or, you know, you you can see when your orders are arriving and when, you know, your seamless order is ready and you expect (laughs) that and you expect it, you know, for, for better or worse in your healthcare as well. And so what we're really trying to do is, is kind of meet that younger consumer where they're at and give them a tool that they expect. And, And they're still putting the work in, like, don't get me wrong. You're never going to go to therapy for one session and come out of it being like, great, I'm better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at least this tool is going to kind of speak your language and it's going to show you that progress. Um, even if it takes months to get there, at least you can see the things that you've already achieved and what you're going to achieve and what you have to do every single day and give you that empowering feeling that you're kind of taking control of something that's that doesn't feel so great in the moment. Mm-hmm. You're so right. I mean, we really do live our lives off of notifications, whether Mm -hmm. it's our schedule on our Outlook, it's our Uber arriving, our Postmates, like notifications from social media and fun. It's like everything is at our fingertips. So putting this in that same realm is just what fits the mold these days. Um, Yeah. Yeah, totally. I love that. So I have a question for you. Just Uh in general, what are like your top three tips, or it could be less than three, whatever you feel, Um, but your top tips for just maneuvering a day with anxiety or, you know, your daily basis? Is it breathing? Like what works for you? Because I know it's different for everyone else, but, you know, you're living this, well, maybe not right now. It's not very fast paced, but typically a fast paced work style, like what is, what is your go-to in a daily, a daily basis to relieve your anxiety? Yeah, totally. If I, I think one thing that's really helped me kind of maintain a a lower level of anxiety is, is having a really consistent um, exercise routine and a really good sleep routine too. Mm -hmm. And both of those things can at least help you kind of expel that like extra nervous energy that you feel when you're anxious and then also sleep is just so important to making sure your like mind and your body are rested um so you you don't feel worse the next day but you know and so those are kind of just like the baseline things that like I always say and and obviously things come up like I don't always go for a run I always (laughs) don't feel like it listen Um, to your body (laughs) yeah like don't beat yourself up about it but do try to do what you can um, in, in within those two realms, like whether it's just like, you know, I, I typically don't do anything in the morning, maybe I'll start doing a 10 minute walk or something. And, right. You know, I, I'll, I'll aim to go to bed between, you know, 10 and 11, or I don't, I don't know what time the cool kids go to bed <laughs> these days, but sometimes I go to bed at 930 and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but if I'm having like a really anxious day, or I'm just like, feeling really bad. The first thing that I I tell myself is like, one, it's okay and perfectly normal to feel this way. Uh And like, you're, you are not always going to feel your best at all times. And that is totally okay. And that's really normal. And that's what we mean by 
welcoming anxiety or kind of welcome these these emotions that don't feel great it means just like like recognizing it and seeing it and being like yep that's cool like you can you can be here today and that's fine Mm -hmm. Um, because I know that like I always have better and I always have worse days so like the first thing is to just kind of like you know not be hard on yourself and just kind of accept like you know today is going to be an off day (laughs) and that's okay like I'm I'm going to still try to stick to my routine and if I can't that's okay too um and then, yes, I, I love in particular for, for anxiety, breathing exercises um, mm-hmm. and just taking like a couple slow, steady, deep breaths. And I usually pair those um, with self-talk mm-hmm. so you can breathe in and let yourself know like I'm okay. And as you breathe out, you can say, I know I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is actually kind of reprogramming your brain and just like really reiterating like your brain, you think we're in danger right now, but we're not, we're mm-hmm. okay. This is fine. You know, like this is okay. Totally. And then um, what I like to do too is, is I kind of have a set of like tools that are ready to go for when I'm having a bad day. And just these should be things that make you feel better that you know, make you feel better. Um, we call these coping mechanisms. So this could be anything from like, ordering Chinese food, <laughs> you know, like, I just love it. Treat yourself. And treat yourself. Yeah, whatever that might be. Um, maybe it's the Bachelor, you love The Bachelor. I love <laughs> Go The watch Bachelor. That episode. <laughs> um, or so one of the things I love to do is I actually put essential oils in my shower and it kind of like transforms my bathroom into this like spa-like experience. And so just like you have a list of like things that you know will 100% make you feel a little bit better. Um, and that always really helps me too. Yeah, that is such good advice. Um We're going to take a little break and hop back into some Instagram questions that people have asked. Um, Great. We are back. And I asked some people last week um, some questions on Instagram and if they had anything that they wanted to ask you. So I have a few um, right now. So let's start with... um, kind of a broad question to begin with advice for people that want to start their own business. Yeah, it it is a broad question. And I think um, there's so many ways to tackle it, but I think that's one. It's awesome that people want to do this. I I know how it feels. It's really exciting Mm -hmm. to, to have an idea that you you want to bring to life. Um, And I think the first thing to do is to really understand um, the market that you want to target, uh, understand the need uh-huh. and, and then figure out like what, how this product is going to look different than what's already out there and how it's going to solve that need. And, and so those are, that's like really tactically, like, you know, how do you go about like, like validating the idea? basically? Uh-huh. And so some of the things that I did initially um, was just talk to people um, and to try to understand, you know, how, uh, do they deal with their anxiety today? Like how comfortable do they feel talking about it? And and some of the ways that you can do that really easily are just making Google surveys, um, uh-huh. uh, reach out to your friends and family, ask them to reach out to their friends and family. Uh, you can post on forums, you can post on Facebook groups and just really try to get as much responses as possible uh-huh. um, about whatever that idea is that you're trying to look into. And then, you know, for other market research, um, that ju- that just means checking out the competition, seeing what's out there today, and figuring out how your idea could be different. And right. then I think kind of like taking a, a larger 
view of it all because I've had a few ideas in the past too <laughs> before this um I think it's just like always being your greatest champion and, and really believing in yourself and I think understanding from the get-go that like your first idea might not be the right one mm-hmm. and that's okay you know or um it, you know you might say it to some people and they kind of give you inquisitive looks like oh, yeah sure that sounds like sort of a good idea right <laughs> and that's okay too you know like everything it isn't always perfect initially and you know, my favorite podcast is how I built this and consistently like so many entrepreneurs talk about how they have mm-hmm. to pivot their idea and and you have to be open to that and you might fall in love with this idea but um it, it's okay to not get it right right away because you know, setbacks don't really mean failure. They're just a chance to learn and, and pivot your product to something better and something that's going to fit your market better too. Um, so yeah, just really believing yourself completely through the challenges and the celebrations. Yes. I love that answer. Um, and it all like, it seriously all revolves around communications and connections. And mm-hmm. that's something I always make um, like a priority in my life. I feel like um, definitely. I, I've heard that too, to some of my friends who are entrepreneurs too. Mm-hmm. They, they really reiterated to me the importance of networking from the beginning yeah. and not just when you're looking for investment, they're like, just talk to everyone, yeah. <laughs> talk to everyone, anyone. Cause you just never know. Um, you might meet a co-founder that way. You, you just never know what your current connections will bring you towards and don't feel like you don't have that network. I would just start with, you know, your college mm-hmm. friends and go from there. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, one other question that has been, has been asked like multiple times when (laughs) I posted on Instagram was how to deal with social anxiety in a workplace, because I know that's very common and work is a big stress for a lot of people. Um, but back, you know, reflecting on when you were at Fitbit, like what, how did you maneuver having social anxiety at work? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it goes back first really practicing um, accepting how you feel and just like understanding mm-hmm. like one, this is really normal and like, it's totally okay to feel this way. Um, and and mm-hmm. then uh, integrating those breathing techniques into your life, um, having a really good exercise and sleep routine, like all of those things. And then from there, just just knowing that like, this is really normal. There's other people around you who feel this way. Um, and one, some mm-hmm. like more tactical steps that you can take towards social anxiety is um, trying to expose yourself to like mini situations. So I totally understand that mm-hmm. like, if you're feeling that way, going to a concert is definitely not something you, you probably want to do, but, but maybe right. start off really small and, you know, start by going to a cafe and sitting outside with a friend and then maybe mm-hmm. a, a week or so from there, you, you go to a restaurant with a few friends, obviously whenever COVID is, is, um, allows us to do these things, but, uh, just taking those little steps and, and kind of like lightly introducing yourself back into, um, situations that you were fearful of before. And that way you can, you know, let your brain know, like, again, we're, we're safe in, in these moments and there's no need mm-hmm. to, um, react with a fearful reaction. But if that does happen, like that's okay. It's really normal. It, it's totally yeah. fine to excuse yourself. Um, there, you know, like mm-hmm. when I was at Fitbit, I, I a few times had panic attacks in the meeting <laughs> and it's yep. fine. You just can say like, I'm so sorry. I, I have to go to the bathroom right now. 
Um, yeah, you know, and it, <laughs> yep. right. As yeah. So there's no like surefire way in the moment. Um, but it's really about establishing that those routines ahead of time, um, and, and being really committed to, um, to those different tools too. Yeah, definitely. Um, going along with that, what are some ways that you like to calm down during bedtime? Someone asked like, ways of calming your mind um, before, you know, really trying to get a good night's yeah, sleep? Yeah, I think one of the things um, that I don't do well, <laughs> and I should really <laughs> try to um, be more consistent with this in my life, is, is like putting my phone away <laughs> um, mm-hmm. or, you know, not watching like Netflix in bed because like, at least for me, those things can like really get me going. And then suddenly my brain's like thinking about something and I have to go down like a Google wormhole. Um, yeah. Or I see something on Instagram and <laughs> I don't know, you go from there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's, you know, buffering in that time before bed, like, okay, no more technology and slowly winding down. And some of the things that I've done, um, you know, maybe when I'm, I'm feeling extra anxious or a little bit stressed out, um, is one, I'll do just like mm-hmm. a quick five minute yoga. I'm just like on the floor next to my bed. I love yoga with Adrian. Um, she has a bunch of free videos. Ooh. Um, sometimes I listen to a podcast too. Um, I, I, I personally love podcasts. And so for me, that can be really calming. Mm-hmm. And then um, like reading a book too is great. Cause when you're reading a book or listening to a podcast, you're kind of like focusing on those things and maybe not focusing on right. whatever's stressing you out in the moment. So that really helps me calm down. Yeah. Um, also love a really a good sleepy time tea, which is great too. <laughs> but I think overall, yes. and I, again, need to do this better too, is just really um, stopping any sort of technology, whether it's from Netflix yeah. to um looking at Instagram at least an hour before bed yeah the um sleepy time tea brings me to the next question it was what's your favorite self-care products like what's your go-to when you're like oh I need to treat myself (laughs) um my go-to is uh like throwing on some kind of mask (laughs) I like have this one that my mom got me for Christmas it's called Indian clay mask and the mm-hmm. packaging looks like something you would never buy. Like it, <laughs> oh. like it looks like something completely unbelievable, but let me tell you, and I was oh. not paid to say this. It is incredible. And you put it on and yes, like really? your face feels amazing. It feels like it gets all the bad stuff out. Um, so that's, <laughs> and it also kind of like heats up and like, like you can feel it on your face too. So it really feels like it's getting in there. Oh, nice. I love that. Um, I also love oh. doing my own nails and not to my own horn. I'm pretty good at it. Oh. So those would be, <laughs> that would be like my Sunday night kind of like doing my own spa thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wind down. Man, that mask um, brand just needs some better <laughs> marketing. And then, you know, they will be yes. in business. They'll be everywhere. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm, I feel like my go-to self-care thing is always just going and like treating myself to coffee. It sounds so weird, but like, I'm always making coffee, you know, in the office or at home. And it's like, I just don't want to make it for once. I'm going to have someone else. I agree. I love that. (laughs) I love getting like a beautiful coffee from like a little coffee shop and they like swirl the foam. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes, it just looks so yeah. picturesque. My favorite. Um, but last question, what is your, I guess this kind of goes with how you you were talking about working out and um, having like a schedule of mm-hmm. going to sleep on time, but what's your go-to like one big anxiety relief method, um, whether it's like, I know a lot of our family is running, which I'm not a runner, <laughs> um, <laughs> but what's like, what would you say is like one thing that you can always count on to like it, relieve it, it, stress? Like, for me, it definitely is running. And it doesn't have to be far. Like sometimes <laughs> when I'm just like, uh, yes. like feeling all up in my head and in my chest, like I'll just go run for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and it is a surefire yes. thing. It, it's not a cure. It, you, you don't feel like your anxiety disappears whatsoever, yeah. but it definitely helps a little bit. And that like means everything. Um, and so that for me is, is what I, I yeah. do. And maybe it's not a run, like maybe it's just a long walk, but I think kind of getting your cardio up and kind of that little bit harder of exercise for me, mm-hmm. it's, it's the best. I love, I love it. Yeah. You know what? I have to agree, but it's only because now that you've, you've brought up that point because we're used to a yeah. lot of our aunts <laughs> running marathons and miles and miles and miles a day. And I'm the type that like, if my body, I can feel like the tension building up and I'm like, Oh, I just need to go out and like run for like a little bit. And then, you know, I may not even reach a mile, but I'm like, wow, okay, now I yeah, feel better. Yeah, exactly. Um, like there's, I like to run kind of without a specific goal in mind, you know, like there's no pressure, right? <laughs> no one's timing you. It's fine. Like just do whatever you want. But um, it does feel great to kind of get outside and, and just get some. Totally. In. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking thank you about for having everything. me. This is so much fun. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, this is going to help so many people who don't know what it is or who have been struggling or maybe someone's going to join Buddy would soon. Love it. Um, yeah, test would it love out it. and try it and see if that will help. But um, thanks for, you know, just giving your two cents and talking well, about your life for with me. me. This is great. <laughs> and yeah, I hope, you know, if anyone out there is, is feeling this way, hopefully, um, you know, you feel a little bit better. Yes. Totally. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of She's Probably Busy. Stay tuned for more information on Emily Johnson's app that she's building, Buddy, and look out for the link to actually try it out for yourself. I will tag it in my Instagram, so make sure you're following at She's Probably Busy. Stay busy. See you guys next week.